0: Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Josh. And we are back with another Ripple episode of Waves.
1: We're going to have to rethink this one. No, I,
0: I love it. It's so cute.
1: No, you can't. <laughs> okay. If we're going to keep it Ripple, you cannot call it cute.
0: Okay. I'll stop referring to it as cute, but okay. we are back with another Ripple episode. This is a mini episode of our podcast. And coming up on today's show, we have Charlotte Edie, who is the Director of Finance slash Treasurer.
1: Did you know... The city of Kenora? Yeah, I didn't know that we have to have a treasure.
0: Yes, that is true. We just learned that. And Charlotte is here today. And we are going to talk to her about something that I feel like is a term that is used in the city of Kenora that maybe people don't know a lot about. So we're very excited to welcome Charlotte coming up here on this
2: next Ripple episode of Waves. Hi, Charlotte. How are you? I'm fine, Megan and Josh. Nice to be part of the Waves podcast. Well, we are so excited. Do that you want to know a
1: fun fact first?
0: i am You're going to tell me anyway.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, you guys have to know. But Charlotte just went for lunch with her husband who just turned 60 years old.
2: Oh, happy birthday yes, to Chris. Chris. Ha- wish a happy birthday to Chris who <laughs> turned 60. Um, I'm a 35-year transplant here, but Chris's roots go deep. When you spoke about Joseph Derry in your previous podcast, <laughs> and he's the Christmas tree guy, well, that was he was my husband's great-grandfather.
1: Oh, oh wow. wow. See, fun fact. See, I told fun. you. To that learn that something was new. A fun
2: fact. So fun fact.
1: Is, is Chris going to kill us for telling everyone that he's 16 I, I years old? I don't
2: think so. If you know Chris, he... Yeah. He's pretty laid back. So I think we're good. Perfect. Well, happy birthday to
0: Chris. And that, that was a fun fact. You delivered on that.
2: Uh,
1: thank you. Thank
2: you. <laughs> I, I get one, one out
1: of a hundred.
0: Okay. All right. So Charlotte,
2: how long have you been the director of finance slash treasurer with the city of Kenoram? I've been with the city for 21 years. And of course we had different titles. Um, so it goes back to finance manager, but uh, since about 2010. Prior to that, I was the municipal accountant. I started with the city 12 days before 9-11. Oh, wow. 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 That's how long I've been with the city. Oh, wow. Prior to that, I was the auditor for the city.
1: Oh, wow.
2: (laughs) uh, When I worked in public practice. So I've been involved almost since when I moved here in 1987.
1: So we're going to talk about something that a lot of people always hear in the media or wherever we talk about it, and a lot of people have a lot of questions in regards to that, and that's the Citizens' Prosperity Fund. Can you give us a little bit of background of what this fund is and, and how we actually got this money?
2: Sure. So it goes back, everyone or a lot of people will remember Kenora Municipal Telephone System.
1: That's KMTS, right?
2: KMTS. Okay, so back in 2008, the decision was made to sell KMTS to Bell. Okay. And good decision at the time because technology was taking over that whole sector. Mm -hmm. Kenora knew, KMTS knew that, you know, we probably couldn't keep up with the big guys. And so why not sell it when we could get top dollar for it? So turns out we got almost $41 million. What? uh,
0: Okay, wait, so we... We had the phone system, the KMTS,
2: and we sold it for $41 million. Yes. Okay. Ooh. Actually, $40,896,446. Ah. Of course, okay, well, we're, of we're course no. Up.
1: The accountant would be 100% <laughs> yeah, on okay, the dollar. Yes,
2: yes. All right.
0: Don't have the sense. <laughs> yeah. She's not doing the Josh Nelson creative accounting. <laughs> Shh.
2: <laughs>
1: we have the treasurer here.
2: Okay. Okay. So, so the fund was set up so that the capital would be intact, okay, and that we wouldn't be dipping into the capital, and that we would transfer $1.1 million into city operations on an annual basis. And the magic behind that $1.1 million is that we used to receive dividends from KMTS to the tune of $1.1 million to subsidize city operations. Okay. Okay, so... In order to earn the 1.1, calculations were done that we needed to make 3% on that $41 million at the time. Okay, so, so
0: this is a little bit of creative accounting then. Yeah. A little
2: bit. All so, right. So the intent behind the
1: $41 million is that it sits there in order to make us $1.1 million. Or more. Or more. Or more. That helps offset taxes?
2: It could. um, It's not a new thing. It wasn't a new thing in 2008, because it just replaces the dividend from KMTS. Gotcha. Right. So it wasn't like it was a a bonus or a windfall, and that people can expect their taxes to go way down. It was just, we wanted to leave the citizens at the same level. level. Mm. Gotcha. Didn't want to penalize the citizens because we sold KMTS. Gotcha. And the way it was set up is that the councillors of the day are the trustees of the fund. And uh, they represent the citizens of the city of Kenora.
0: Okay, so that was back in 2008. What's happening with that $41 million today?
2: Okay, so um, it's still there. Yay. So Um, we
1: still have $41 million. We do. Oh.
2: Um, Because we're not allowed to go below that. $41 $41 million, right? The capital has to stay intact. So when it was set up, um, we went through Manulife Investments with RBC De- Dexia's custodians and Toronto investment firms. Back then, we were restricted to, and I'll explain this in a little bit about how the type of investment changed, but we were restricted to a legal list of investments, which means it's... Um, Safe kind of investments: bank bonds, GICs.
1: So um, no risk,
2: like Like low risk, low Low, low risk provincial bonds. And for a while, um, the market was pretty good, and we did okay, and we earned our one point one. And but low risk, and uh, nothing sexy about it. But it 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 was doing what we needed it to do, right? Exactly. So then, back in twenty nineteen the Municipal Act changed. And so what happened was that municipalities were allowed to invest in a wider range of investments. So a little more risk.
1: But a little more opportunity.
2: More opportunity to uh, earn better returns. Again, with the risk, when you have that much of an investment, you can minimize the risk because you you diversify. Yeah. Right? So, along with that came a lot of restrictions, because you have to know that we are very much guided by the Municipal Act, and we're not allowed to just invest willy-nilly. I mean, we have regulations to follow. You know, we're not just, oh, I heard this good thing about the stock market. I think I'll invest it. Like Bitcoin?
1: Can we we invest $41 million? Yeah, can we invest it
2: in Bitcoin? Uh, Well, (laughs) Kyle's teasing me about, you know, accepting (laughs) Bitcoin at City Hall, but...
0: So the Citizens Prosperity Fund, this is like a term, it's like a buzzword in Kenora, right? Like, you've, people, like, know that we have this thing, but they don't really know what it is or how it works. It's right. like, you know, it's like the old coke plant, the Kuwait and Potholes, the subway, the uh, Citizens the Prosperity Fund. yeah No, okay, well, we're not...
1: We're not going there we, today. We know
0: what was decided on that, so but I vote it, for subway. Just so you oh know. my, thank God. you, Charlotte. Yeah, no but, problem. But anyway, so I guess like one of these things when you hear people talk about the citizens' prosperity fund is it's like, well, why isn't the city investing in, in this, or why aren't we investing in something that would give us a higher return? But what I'm hearing you say is that it's very much dictated by the municipal act about what we can do.
2: It certainly is, and and in 2019, as you know, I started to talk about um, the prudent investor regime. And so what that means is they're giving us more scope to invest in more lucrative investments, although we're still not going crazy. Um, but there were very strict rules with that prudent investor regime. It doesn't sound very exciting. It, it yeah, but pr- it sounds pr- like it could yeah, be exciting. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have an exciting name. Yeah, prudent like-
1: is it doesn't get me, <laughs> that's not sexy. Yeah,
2: yeah. There you go. But it kind of is. Um, <laughs> only because...
1: To an accountant, maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Only because we were the first, one of the first six municipalities in the entire province of 444 municipalities, except Toronto, so 443, who uh, joined together and decided to enter the world of the prudent investor regime. So we're only one of six. Oh, okay. I like the idea because, first of all, for municipality, our size... We have a lot of funds to invest, and I'm going to say that you know, yes, we have the 41 million, but we also have some city general funds that we invest as well. Gotcha. So, um, we have more than so. Is that million.
0: like if we're one of six, is that unusual then for
2: municipalities it, to have like a big chunk of change? It, like it, this? it is. Um, there were rules regulating who could enter the prudent investor regime. And, and if you had a certain number of assets or you know money to invest or you, you had your total assets on your balance sheet was a certain amount, you could invest on your own. We were one of 39 municipalities who could have invested on our own.
1: Oh,
0: wow. Okay.
2: However, um, the cost of setting it up, right, the cost of administering it, was just something that we weren't prepared to undertake, nor did the finance department have the time, right? Because the legal fees were just, um, you know, would have been out of this world. So what happened was, the One Investment Fund, which I'll explain what that is, it's it's an, a nonprofit organization who assists municipalities in investing, and they were set up partly through the MFOA, which is Municipal Finance Officers Association, and something called CHUM, and I won't Bore everybody with that. Um, but in nineteen ninety three they set up an organization through which municipalities could invest. And the city of Kenora has been with the one investment fund for many years since the nineties. And so we we always were invested with them because when you pool investments, you're gonna get better returns. And so Karen Brown, way back then, decided that, you know, that was a, a good investment choice. So so Being associated with the one investment was nothing new to us, so I felt very comfortable with that. They received the authority to set up something called a Joint Investment Board or JIB that could be used as a vehicle for whatever municipalities, whichever municipalities wanted to, to enter the prudent investor regime where we could take. So I'm using my hands a lot, but um, you can't see that. We could take the legal (laughs) list, which is this small, and invest, expand our investment, which is okay. So we're going from, you know, like a tennis ball to a beach ball, sort of. Well, that sounds good. Size related, right? Yeah. And so we decided to do it. Ran it by council. Council said sounds like a great idea. There were a couple of incentives uh, to do that. And as I said, the setup, the one investment group ate all of the setup costs. So it didn't cost us anything to set up. So, I mean, why wouldn't we? Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing is now that we are a founding member, we get a discount on the investment fees, lifetime discount. Oh, that also sounds good.
1: Yeah, no, for sure.
2: So... Thought we'd go into it. Uh, I was already familiar with some of the people involved, and it was a lot of work. It was a lot of setup, but very happy to be one of the founding municipalities. As I s- understand now, um, we have more joining us this okay. year, and I think Thunder Bay is considering joining the group oh, wow. this year. So with that move, like we talked
0: about going from the tennis ball to the beach ball, has that been something that has, I guess, paid off in as far as like returns and things like that? Like are we, we're still replacing the $1.1 million, but are we seeing better returns having made that move?
2: Okay, very good question. We moved the funds over July, June 30th, July 1st, 2020. And since that date, we have seen improved returns. Okay, definitely. Um it was getting a little dicey there with with the old regime with the legalist. Um you know, with the market going the way it was. Um we were mostly in bonds. Interest rates of course were down. That wasn't doing us any favors and uh, we were struggling to make the 3%, the okay, 1.1 1. 1. 1 1. million. Yeah.
1: So what happens if we're doing better now in July? 2020 or June, 2020, what happens when we go above and beyond the 1.1 million? So we make more than the 3% and we make 5% and we get $2 million, let's say.
2: Right. And so we're just required to keep the capital at that uh, level. Sort of in the past years, we've kind of brought it almost right back down to the capital. So what I would recommend is to build up some equity in that fund. And we've started to. I have to say that in the last five years, we weren't making the 1.1 and we would actually budget for 975 um, because we just couldn't go below that 41. So I think I would like to build up a little bit of a...
0: So we have a bit of a buffer on A little bit of
2: a buffer, but we have the the returns are, you can see that they are much improved over the way they were. So Um, how does
1: the public see? that can case there a way for the public to see what we're getting as a return on our, on our yes
2: fund? i do a quarterly report to council yeah so they can of course council reports are made public they can tune in to a committee of the whole meeting yeah um and i do the, the quarterly report and i will be doing a year-end one once i get all the year-end information and do all the market adjustments and and complete my year-end uh then we'll see. 2021 was the first full year four, yeah. under right. this investment regime. So I do have to say that most of the funds are within the prudent investor regime. Uh, we did leave uh, about four million with the old investment because I didn't want to liquidate everything at once. Usually, not a good idea. And uh, so we did leave some and we'll be slowly pulling that out. But it's also a nice benchmark to see that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, we're making a better return in the new place than in the old place. The other thing that we had done, and, and it's significant, so I'm going to mention it, is we used to, up until this year, borrow from the Prosperity Trust Fund to finance capital projects.
0: Is that the same thing? So Citizens Prosperity Fund and the
2: Prosperity Trust Fund Sorry. are the same thing? Yes, okay. same thing. So when we had a significant capital project like Downtown Revitalization 4, the Fire Hall, the Discovery Center, the White Cat Pavilion, the Marine Water Line, uh, there's some upgrades at the Kuwait and Arena, that we took out debt. And it was internal debt because we borrowed from the Prosperity Trust Fund. But we had to pay it back because we can't go below that $41 right. million. So in a time when interest rates were higher and, and mortgage rates were, were high, we would borrow at 3%. So, you know, we were saving we just, yeah. the city some, some bucks, and it was very flexible. Yeah. In the past year, interest rates, well, they've been going down, but uh, this past year we substituted that debt and we actually transferred the debt to the bank. Okay, because we were getting interest rates at uh, one point, whatever percent, right. two point, um, lower than three, instead of the three yeah, percent, yeah. instead of the three the, percent. Yeah. So we're saving a, you know, a fair pile of money, and and it's right now. I think over the term of whatever debt we have left, we're saving about eight hundred thousand oh, wow. dollars. In well interest. that that also sounds very
0: good. Yeah.
2: So that was a move we made this year, but again, it was just just made. Made sense to do that. A lot of fancy footwork with the citizens. Well, yeah, Prosperity I, never, Fund. I, never, I never they
1: you,
0: say
2: accountants are boring. Yeah, <laughs> you said you
1: said I have creative accounting. I think what uh, Charles yeah. just explained to us is creative accounting. But I do have kind of a question that I hear a lot of people ask. And because obviously no one ever wants to see their taxes go up, we hear it you hear it throughout the community, especially during tax season time and during when council has to set tax rates and so forth, and we have $41 million just sitting there. So why are we increasing taxes when we have $41 million just sitting yeah, there? Yeah, why
0: can't we get spending? Yeah,
1: why can't we get spending? I like to buy new things. like okay. So
2: So you have to remember, we can't dip below that $41 million and that's the way it was set up. Although we did all right in investments in the past, we never did build up a sufficient enough offer in, in my mind. And and in fact, like I said, there were years when we only transferred 950,0, 975,0, just so that in a particular year we didn't just, you know, go below that brick wall. You know, we can't. So and again I made the point earlier, the 1.1 million from the Prosperity Trust Fund is not new to the city. We had the dividend from KMTS before. So it's not like it was a new jackpot or a new source of money. What'll happen with, you know, if we do really well and we start building up our investment, I don't know. I mean, the, the trustees, the council of the day will have to decide as of right now, we're being conservative. We're being prudent. We want to make sure that we have some funds if we need for a, a future day. You know, we um, we pride ourselves in sort of being financially stable.
1: So hypothetically, we could technically divest or get rid of the Citizens' Prosperity Fund if the council made that decision But if and spend that money down. But you would lose the $1.1 million that we would have had as a dividend from KMTS that gets allocated to operating costs for the city.
2: For sure. And I mean, that's a very dangerous sentence to even say out loud, Josh. Um, <laughs> but, um, that's what the people want to know. I'm exactly. Here for the people. Josh is exactly. asking the hard hitting yeah. questions, the, the questions and I absolutely would not recommend it. Um, so, and but to, I, I certainly, uh, legal wise, um, Charlotte looks incredibly nervous right
0: now. I,
1: <laughs> like a I deer just, in I the headlights. Nice. I just want to explain, I think, yes. that everyone talks about, about potentially spending the the Citizens Prosperity Fund, right? but, but we, we would lose that $1.1 million, yes. which would in turn mean that taxes would technically go up because sure. we have to make that $1.1 okay, million Okay, so up. it
2: would be a short-term gain, Um you know, a million bucks doesn't go as much as it used to anymore. Who used to say that all the time? Right. Uh, Rick. Rick yeah, Perchuk. Rick Perch- used <laughs> to say that all the so time. Rick Perchuk legacy. Exactly. But, you know, the, the, the length of road that you could uh, work on for a million dollars gets shorter every year. Mm-hmm. You know, you could spend that rather quickly and at the whim of one council. Um, mm-hmm. So it was set up the way it it's set up so that it's very difficult to get out of. And in fact, even getting out of the prudent investor regime, you know, would be difficult to leave. We can leave. We're certainly not stuck there, but certainly it's the best place for us to be right now. For so it's sure.
0: not just a clever name. It really is It's a, a fund set up for the prosperity of the citizens.
2: Absolutely. We can still perpetuate that $1.1 million, so we're not worse off by selling kmts and and when you think about it if our returns on kmts uh started to dwindle or decrease because you know we didn't have the technology Mm. anymore if you remember kmts it was we had Canora cellular Mm -hmm. we had an internet service right um i think
1: actually the kuwait memorial arena still has kmts line in it i think kmts still exists but as a subsidiary of, of, Bell, of, Bell. of Bell
2: Canada. Yeah. So okay. let's say that they weren't able to give us 1.1 because people were switching because Bell had a better internet or, you know, they weren't using KMTS. We may not have been able to perpetuate that 1.1. Mm-hmm. Right now, we pretty much are. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Right? You know, the investments don't aren't technology dependent. You know, we traded that in for this pile of, of cash, right? <laughs> this pile of money.
0: Well, thank you so much, Charlotte. I'm just looking at our questions that we had today. It was Citizens Prosperity Fund. What is it? How did we get it? What do we do with it? And what does this mean for City of Kenora taxpayers? And I feel like we've really answered all of those questions.
2: Well, and I, I hope so. And I know that people say, well, why don't we just spend it? But once you spend it, it's gone. Um, and you don't have the opportunity to earn money on money. I mean, the the best way to get rich is make money on the money you've just made.
1: That's right.
2: Um, <laughs> the compounding, right? But again, the other benefit to the taxpayers is we had been able to borrow. And so a lot of these projects, we were able to do because the borrowing was just very flexible and mm-hmm. very easy to do and as simple as a journal entry. Yeah.
1: Right. Robbing Peter to pay Paul
2: well we paid
0: we <laughs> I paid Peter back
1: yeah okay there you go
0: temporarily boring from Peter to finance Paul but then Paul paid him back
1: okay that's better
0: <laughs> well thank you Charlotte and thank you to everyone for tuning in to this ripple
2: episode of waves
1: yeah thank you very much Charlotte it was uh, it was a pleasure to have you and I, I learned a lot about the, the prosperity fund
2: you're welcome and thank you